Hello, my name's Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I hope that you know me by now. I'm stopping by just to let you know that I have a couple of events coming up. The first one is a vision board party. It's actually taking place this coming Saturday on the 9th. In the vision board party, we're gonna talk about what it means to make goals, to set goals and visualize your future. And of course, we're gonna make digital vision boards. It's going to be awesome. If you've never made a vision board before, or if you're highly experienced in vision board making, join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, I'm having another event called End Loneliness Now. Make friends online and in real life. This event is also free. Both events are free. This is going to be taking place on January 12th. In this live interactive presentation, I'm going to share with you a proven method to find quality friends. I'm gonna show you how to have deeper and more meaningful conversations and cultivate closeness quickly when you're meeting new people. I wanna keep the group size small so that I can demonstrate how to cultivate closeness between the participants in the group. If you're interested, you should sign up as soon as possible. You can search Eventbrite for patterns of possibility or you can look in the show notes and find the links there. I hope to see you there. Just a quick heads up, I swear a lot in this episode. Welcome, my name's Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to The Patterns of Possibility. The Patterns of Possibility is all about helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll discuss topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. In this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to apologize. And there are three kinds of apologies. There's the half-assed apology, there's the non-apology, and of course, there's the deeper and more meaningful way to apologize. We're going to get into that too. Are you ready? Let's go. Since I've been on this podcast, Mike, I've been talking about validation, understanding, and genuine human connection. We need those things to have a fulfilled life. That's the reason why we interact with people in the first place. Apologies are necessary when the connection between you and the person who was harmed is broken or damaged in some way. So when we're apologizing to people, we're attempting to restore that connection that was broken. This is why I break down the categories, because all apologies are not created equal. There are half-assy apologies, there are non-apologies, and there are complete, genuine apologies. The half-assy apology kind of makes a connection, but it's not solid, it's not where you were before. And it's surprisingly the most widely used form of an apology. It's those two words that we've all been taught to say. I'm sorry. Yes, that's half-assy. The non-apology or the anti-apology is a weapon. It's a thing you pull out when you want to destroy your relationship, when you want to cause turmoil, when you want drama, you want chaos. That is what you use. It's not really an apology. People just try to pass it off as if it is. Have you ever heard, I'm sorry you feel that way? Yeah, that's a non-apology. And finally, 
The complete apology will restore the connection as best as it possibly can. There may be some irreversible damage that you cannot repair, but when you do a full apology, you'll get back to as close to the connection that you had as possible. Now let's break these down. I've got two reasons why I'm sorry is an ineffective half-assed apology. The first reason is because it doesn't offer any kind of connection with the other person. Remember, you're trying to restore the connection that was damaged. And with those two little words, you don't do it. Because when you say, I'm sorry, you make the whole conversation about you. There's no room in there for the other person and their feelings. It's literally two words. It's not a question. It's a statement. It's a complete declaration of how you feel. And that's it. That's the end of it. Those words are not meant to generate any thoughts or ideas. They're meant to just stand alone. I'm sorry. Have you ever apologized to someone and they said, I forgive you. And then the next thing you know, they're still mad at you. They're still doing things like they're pissed off. Well, yeah, of course. You didn't get an opportunity to create that connection that was destroyed or broken or damaged. When you declare that you're sorry, they may automatically respond with, I forgive you. Because that's been drilled into them. That's been drilled into me too. When someone apologizes to me, when they say, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to accept their apology. I'm supposed to forgive them. I'm supposed to be the bigger person. In a connection with someone, I don't want to be bigger than them. I just want to be cool with them. And faking that I'm okay is not going to make us cool. But you never get to discuss exactly what happened and what we're going to do about that situation. Which brings me to my second point. I'm sorry comes with this expectation of instant forgiveness. I think it's been taught that when you say you're sorry, that's all you need to do. Then the person who hears those words, who has been hurt by you, are supposed to say, I forgive you. It's a mechanical knee-jerk reaction that's been pounded into you since you were a kid. I'm sorry is the words you say to fix everything. There is an expectation that you will be forgiven once you say, I'm sorry. Forgive them. That's unfair. That's garbage. That's half-assed. Let's imagine that there was a physical manifestation of some hurt. So I'm just saying a fancy way of saying your friend, your partner, your loved one or whatever is hurt physically and you can see it. Let's say their arm is broken and it's bleeding. So you see this with your own eyes and you're distraught. You're scared. You're crying. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're hurt. Oh my God. You're hurt. And you go over to them and you tell them, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And they're in pain. They're trying to stop the bleeding, but you're still saying, I'm sorry. And they're kind of not even looking at you either because they're trying to tend to their own wounds. But you need to tell them how sorry you are. You need them to forgive you. So you jump in their face and you say, look at my eyes. They're tearing up. Can you see how sorry I am that this happened? It does nothing for the pain that the other person has been caused. It's not stopping the bleeding. It's all about you 
and receiving forgiveness, making you feel better for the pain that you caused. I think it's unfair that you step into a situation like that and watch someone be hurt and not try and tend to them, especially if you were the person that caused it, especially if it was something that happened because of an action that you took. Look, it's inevitable that you are going to hurt someone you care about. It's just human. It just happens. We don't have control over everything. But when those things happen, you have a duty and a responsibility. When you hurt someone that you care about, you are supposed to make sure that you take care of them because they're the ones in immediate pain, not you. When you enter a healing space declaring that you are sorry, this is what you really say. I know that you're hurt. I can see that obviously. Fix yourself up, but then also take care of me because I'm sorry. I have so much sorrow. You have no idea how bad I feel about this. Well, if you say that to me, this is gonna be my response. Get the on, go. Feel bad somewhere else because right now I'm in real pain. That's why it's a half-assed apology. It only serves half of the connection. So where did sorry come from? Why do we even say it in the first place? Well, this is my best educated guess. I think in the days before television and podcasting, there were people who were punished for doing things that hurt other people. They were punished and because they were punished, they felt sorrow. And sorrow is pain-stricken. Instead of being taken to the gallows and whipped, you may profess that you have sorrow in your heart. And that might have been something that carried on. Again, that's just a guess. That's just something that we say. I think it's the assumption that when you hurt someone unintentionally, you will feel sorrow in your heart. So you'll say, I'm sorry to let the other person know. Now the same technology that brings you podcasting and television also brings you enlightenment in the fact that saying sorry is old, tired, and truly, truly a half-assed apology. As much as I dislike I'm sorry, I can acknowledge that it has a hint of reconciliation in it. Whereas the non-apology or the anti-apology is not at all <laughs> reminiscent of any kind of recovery or cooperation or reconciliation. None of that. It's all destroy, destroy, destroy. Let's see how much pain we can cause each other. Some years ago, I had just moved to a new place with my partner. We'd been dating for some time and we just moved to a new city. We had to go meet new people. So we we're missing out on things that, you know, I normally have. We had to kind of scope out what was the best place to get your groceries from or to go shopping for clothes or to get your hair cut. We had to find those places. But until then, but before we could find a decent place, I needed a haircut. And my partner, they were in school for cosmetology. So you might think, well, why don't you just have them cut your hair? Why would you ever have to search for a barber? Well, they were white and I'm black. So I was afraid that they wouldn't be able to cut my hair. 
I was afraid that I was going to get some kind of look that, well, I didn't want. But push came to shove and I was kind of desperate. So I asked them to do it. And lo and behold, I was right. My hair was jacked up. Although I was feeling some kind of way about it, I still had to go to work. So I put a cap on that and I went to work. When I come back home, I tell them that my hair is jacked up and I need your help. Can you just fix it for me? Maybe straighten it out a little bit. I don't know. Do something, please. And they get an attitude. They're like, well, I'm sorry that I didn't cut it good enough for you the first time. Like, what? That doesn't help anything. My hair is still messed up. And excuse me, you messed up my hair and you're mad at me for having a messed up haircut? What? At this point, I don't have any more of the story for you. I honestly, I don't remember what happened. But my best educated guess is based on all the relationships that I've had, we argued. We argued and we argued some more. And then I didn't get my haircut and I went to work with a jacked up haircut for weeks or until my hair grew back in. And with it, there was not an attempt to see any one side of the story. It was just all about each one of us trying to get our point across. Let's recap. I'm sorry is a half-assed apology. Non-apologies are no-goes. So what's the solution? Well, it's good old-fashioned understanding. That's the solution. They want you to acknowledge the impact that you had on them. They don't want you to fix it. They don't want your sorries. They don't want you to pity them. They want you to acknowledge that they feel some kind of way about it. And you will have satiated them without saying sorry. Understanding each other works and it's necessary because we as humans seem to have this desire to share experiences. And not just share experiences, but share feelings the same feelings about this experience, the same feelings about a specific experience. That's a lot. But here's an example. Revenge cheating. Guy steps out of a relationship. He sleeps with someone else. The girl finds out and she's like not breaking up with him. She's mad about it. She's just going to go cheat. She goes and she cheats. Revenge cheating is a real thing. And she did that because she wants him to experience that same feeling. Here's another one. It doesn't have to be all negative or, or tit for tat things. It could be like a movie. How many times have you seen a movie and recommend it to somebody else? It's so funny. It's so scary. It's so exciting. And you want someone to go to that movie and have the same experience that you do. If they go to this comedy that you talk about, that you love so much, and they say, well, I enjoyed the storyline, but I didn't really think it was funny. And you thought it was hilarious. You may be a little disappointed because you want to share in that same experience. I had a friend open up a jar of something in the refrigerator. They put it to their nose and they smelled it. They're like, ugh, smells terrible. And they said, here, Lee, smell it. It smells terrible. And I go, ugh, smells terrible. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to share the same experience with him. They already told me that it was terrible and I wouldn't like it. And sure enough, it was terrible and I didn't like it. But I did it because I wanted to share that experience. We find the connection 
and our shared experiences and our feelings about the shared experiences. So that's why it works. That's how you restore the connection when you demonstrate that you understand exactly how they feel about that experience. Since you cannot have that same experience, the very next thing is to understand how they feel about it and why they feel that way. And there's a bonus that comes with this. They get to tell you about this specific behavior that happened that you may have done. They can tell you with certainty that whatever you did hurt them. They want you to hear how they feel about that and they want you to take responsibility for your actions. Who cares if it's intentional or not? It happened. You had an impact. Recognize that you had that impact. Own that behavior. Do yourself a favor and don't assign any malice to it. Just take in the information as fact. You then process this information in your mind. Ask yourself, do you want to have that effect on them? Are you okay with how they feel right now? How do you feel about the impact that it had on them? Starting here is going to help you resolve this issue and help bring the connection back to life. And then when you make a decision on the kind of action you're going to change, you'll either see your connection become more solid or you can see it dissipate depending on what you decide you're going to do. An apology is three things. It's an acknowledgement that you've impacted someone in a way that is not desirable. Second, it is a promise to change that behavior. And third, it's actual behavioral change. If you keep saying, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, without any behavioral change, then a sorry person is all you will ever be. My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. I hope that you found today's episode interesting and insightful. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and also share this podcast with anyone you might think finds it interesting. If you're looking for more content, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and at my website, PatternsOfPossibility.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only. If you are having a medical emergency, please go to your nearest medical facility and explain to them that you would have been there sooner if you hadn't been listening to this podcast. I'll see you next time.